0: We get nourishment from what we eat we get our vitamins and nutrients from what we eat that's why we have to be careful i remember the days where there was no burger place and you used to look at mcdonald's and your mouth would water that i wish i could have a burger but it was haram now look 20 30 years down the line we've got we're spoilt for choice and people have moved on beyond food and now on every street there's two or three dessert places that were unheard of 30 years ago i'm not saying that's a good thing Right? It's overindulgence. I personally think. But what I'm saying is that when you make an effort, and I've seen countries where they started giving further, it's okay, it's a Christian country, you can just eat. And the problem with this was that if it's a Christian country, that doesn't mean they're doing it properly according to Christianity. Just because people tend to be Christian. Just like if there's a Muslim who's not slaughtering properly, you're not going to say that's halal, are you? If a Muslim, he's not slaughtering according to the Islamic way of slaughter, you're not going to say that's halal, so why would you say... All Christian meat is halal just because they're Christian, where you don't even say that for Muslims. So these are a few things that we need to uh, be concerned about. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> hamdan kathirun, tayyiban, mubarakan feeh, mubarakan alayhi, kama yuhibu rabbuna wa jalla jalaluhu wa amma nawaluhu wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidil. Habib al-Mustafa sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasleeman kathiran ila yawm al-deen amma ba'd Absolute pleasure to be with uh, your esteemed congregation again in this beautiful masjid May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless everybody and their Ramadan And make this a place of guidance for everyone So what we're going to look at today is that the Hafiz will be reading the 8th and then the ninth Juz today From what I have learnt So I'm, I want to we, In the time that we have We can't obviously cover uh, In detail the whole Juz But there's some really really important Messages that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is providing us A lot of important guidance That Allah is giving us in the Juz That is going to be recited today In the 8th Juz The 8th Juz starts off with a completion of Suratul anam Suratul An'am This is uh, the reason why this surah is called Suratul An'am Is because there's a number of laws and rulings regarding animals So a lot of the discussion in the beginning of the surah is That So if you look at verse 119 for example it Starts off all of this discussion here is Eat that which is halal Eat that, those animals So you see uh, Just to get a perspective on this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says That he has made All tayyibat All excellent things, all pure things Halal for you Allah has made All pure things Halal for us by default, anything which is pure is going to be halal So anything that generally grows out of the ground doesn't have any poisonous uh, qualities or poisonous uh, uh, characteristics It should be halal by default And that's pretty much for most things in the world minus two things There's only two things which start off by the default being haram And you need proof to make it halal Otherwise everything is halal Until you can prove that it's haram through sharia So the two things which are considered by default haram Until you prove it's halal One is animals The dead Because animals when you kill them When you slaughter them You're essentially killing them You're spilling their blood By default that's haram Unless you do it in a very particular way Which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us That's one thing The other thing is Male and female relationships Men and women relationship Intimacy By default, that's haram unless it's through marriage or the other ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it's halal. Otherwise, everything else is halal unless it's proven to be haram. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is encouraging that you should eat of that which Allah's name has been taken on. Allah says, and don't eat of that which Allah's name has not been taken on. That is a transgression. <clears throat> In all of that discussion, there is also another discussion, which is following the path of Allah, following His judgments. And عَدُوًا شَيَاطِينَ الْإِنسِ وَالجِنِّ So that's verse 112 uh, The second verse of the actual chapter It says, and likewise we have made for every prophet Enemies Every prophet had enemies These are the shaitans of the human beings and the jinn So the proper shaitans and the shaitan among the human beings That (coughs) manipulate discussions and that give Uh, Statements which are sound great and sound good, but they're actually wrong and this is the struggle that we're having today We're in a situation where we have so many things that we hear every day That sounds attractive Sounds even righteous to a certain degree It's coated and we're living in a time I think we're living in a time of what they call post-truths and spin This is (laughs) the decade or um, the, the, I don't know how many years This is going to last for We're living at a time where You can't really trust 100% everything you see To such a degree that even those people Who consider Who We would consider to Not be on the right track Even they want to open Or start another social media Called The Truth Because they think that the other social media is not true And it's all fake news and false What a world we're living in How many many of you trust the BBC? Come on, at least one person It's your British Broadcasting Corporation How many of you trust it? MashaAllah Innocent children MashaAllah, innocent children Right? None of the adults do it Why don't these guys trust it? You do as well? Oh, you don't trust it Okay, mashallah, you're onto something But how many of you still look at the BBC? Read the BBC? Exactly What a weird relationship we have We have spec- doubt about all of these And yet we still feel like we need to take news from somewhere It's just dominating everywhere You can't escape it Similar with Facebook. We know that not everything you see is correct. And yet we still look at it because we have to. It's part of life. Allah make it easy. Allah make it easy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning us. <coughs> Allah keeps warning us that this is uh, the way it's going to be. You, you have to be careful. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says in verse 120. al Abandon both. The clear sin and also the sin that you can't really, that's not so open. Sins come in many, many types. Sins come in many, many types. Abandon the open sins and the more hidden sins. Thereafter that, there's a whole discussion of uh, what the people of Makkah used to do with their animals. They used to have these really strange rituals. So they used to say that, okay, these animals... Uh, only They're only for the male people They're not for the female uh, These ones, they're only for the slaves uh, Sorry, they're, they're only for the idols the, These animals that we have They're dedicated to the idols This one is dedicated to Allah Because they still used to believe in Allah But then if they, if there was a need They would actually eat the one that was dedicated to Allah Not the slaves one So they had this really strange behavior When it came to what they do There's a lot of superstitions And various different other things that they used to do of that nature. In verse 137, Allah says, We've had many, many really sometimes powerful dynasties in the world, powerful ruling, uh, uh, civilizations in the world like the greek civilization so i actually went to greece i went to athens to the parthenon i went to delphi i wanted to see what it was all about they had many many gods if you if you've looked at greek mythology sometimes they teach greek mythology in the school and even if you don't study it you're constantly coming face to face with many of the the names associated with these gods like zeus there's even a halal Restaurant called Zeus, or a takeaway called Zeus, although that's probably spelled slightly differently Then there's Venus, the Temple of Nike right? I've seen it, the Temple of Nike right? and, and so on, all of this, this all comes from Greek mythology, it's very powerful Even though the Greeks were eclipsed by the Romans The Greeks were before Isa Salam's time Right. Their, their height, it seems, was around 500 BC Pericles, 300, 500 BC Around that time, Pericles was one of their great le- leaders After that, the Romans came in and they eclipsed them So the two big civilizations that have really, you can say, influenced hugely Western thought Is the Greek and Roman civilization And the Greeks were everywhere You have the Greeks in North Africa, in Tunisia, for example In, Rome, in, in Morocco, you have... Uh, you have uh, volubilis this area called volubilis where it's a roman remnants there as well so i wanted to see what was this all about with all of these gods that were constantly bickering and arguing with there was a god of love and there was a god of the oceans and there was a god of uh, the, uh, there was uh, gods of this that and the other what drove these people thereafter that you see the people in mecca right these were the people of Jahiliya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about them here Likewise, for many of the mushrikeen Their gods, those that they had made partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Had caused them to kill their own children Remember, they used to kill their own children Their gods had made them do this Their gods hadn't done anything They had thought their gods had made them do that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had willed, they would not have done that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us free will, mm-hmm. so we can choose whatever we want. This tells us that it's really, really important to avoid superstition. Very, very important to avoid hearsay. Everything that we do and that we pursue needs to be from the Sharia. So for example, they say, that whatever is in the stomachs of these animals, if the animal was pregnant, they say that anything that's in the stomach of these animals, the wombs of these animals, they're purely for our males. Only they can have this. It's just arbitrary. Why? It's just we decided so. Wa muharramun ala azwajina, and it's haram on our spouses. Thereafter, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala speaks about. Uh, Which animals are allowed, which animals are, uh, I don't want to go into that Allah speaks about the slaughter, the food of the people of uh, uh, the book And whether that's allowed or not So generally, I mean, just to give you an understanding Alhamdulillah, in England we have a wonderful halal industry And that's because our scholars from from 50 years ago, 60 years ago Our community is about 60 years old in the UK, I would say We started here in big numbers starting from the end of the 1950s and then in 60s mashallah it grew further and then the 70s and then you know there's been after that less immigration I guess but more mashallah uh, production here and the mashallah the generations are moving on so we've had 60 years here and things have changed areas have changed so alhamdulillah in the beginning the ulama were very strict that you can't just go and eat from the Christian and Jewish sources, although uh, if the Christian and Jewish uh, abatars do it properly according to what the Old Testament, and the New Testament say, then technically speaking that should be allowed. However, uh, while there are many kosher communities that are very strong on this, but you have to be careful about this as well, just to give you an idea once in America, where there's a very strong Jewish kosher certifying program Many, many of the products, mainstream, even though Jews are a minority in America They pretty much certify many, many mainstream products, mainstream companies You'll see the K So they have various different certifications So, you know, here we have HMC, we have HFA Right, two organizations, maybe a few more as well So likewise, in America, there's many Jewish certifying organizations So generally, there's the one which is very strict, very particular. It's an ultra orthodox union. It says the U in a circle, right? That one. They're very strict. There's others that just say K or something like that. So once there was some yogurt, and I went and uh, it it said kosher gelatin or something. It had a kosher mark and it had gelatin instead. So I got a bit confused. What kind of gelatin is this? Maybe it's kosher gelatin. I called up the company, and they said that it's actually from pig i said that's strange i thought jews do not consume pig swine I said no this particular certifying organization you get an idea here they they only consider the flesh of pig to be haram not the bones or the skin this is what i remember right i could be slightly wrong here but that's what i remember because and gelatine is made of bones or skin not from the meat so they only say the meat of swine is haram Or non-kosher That's of course not agreed upon By everybody in the Jewish community Likewise we have similar things When you go to various different countries And there's Muslims who have certified You can't just trust everything with a halal sticker on Because nowadays to be honest in England Pretty much every shop you go Is going to have halal written there in Arabic or English That's the way you make business And when you know this industry You have to be very careful As much as I know, I find it very difficult to eat sometimes Because I know what happens in there I know what goes on in this situation So one does need to be careful In America, I used to live two hours away from Los Angeles And we had no local halal places at all There was just one vegetarian cafe that people used to go to eat Otherwise, there was no halal proper halal place local at all No certified, uncertified, nothing Right? Not even a non-certified halal place We had to go to Los Angeles Two hours, two and a half hours drive So we used to buy for you know, a few mo- uh, month or two Every time I went to Los Angeles at that time Because it's so confusing I used to have a friend there Mufti, Saab, Mufti Saleem, And I used to call him and I say, Okay, where can I buy my meat from this time? So he tells me Okay, go to this shop on this street So I go And I said Last time you told me this other shop Because last time, two months ago, when I called him, he told me to go to another shop. I said, I'm nearly, I'm close to there. He said, no, 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 I found them mixing. What happens is that the halal meat done properly costs more money. There's a lot of other junk that you can find. There's a lot of other meat that are much cheaper because it's done in bulk. There's no particular, you know, where you have to have inspectors. That all adds money to the cost. The halal meat adds, adds money to the cost. So it's more expensive to be halal. You know, I mean, that's just one thing that we're gonna inshaAllah, Allah will give it back to us. You no, know, we're not going to die. If you look at the kosher community, their meats are even more expensive. They're much more expensive. They're well-certified, strong systems that they have as well. That's why I know too much about this industry that I can just trust. A lot of people trust it, mashallah, and that's okay if they trust it, right? As long as they've done their due diligence, I just find it difficult. So there's a big discussion about this because we are what we eat. Every, we get nourishment from what we eat We get our vitamins and nutrients from what we eat That's why we have to be careful I remember the days where there was no burger place And you used to look at McDonald's and your mouth would water that I wish I could have a burger but it was haram Now look, 20-30 years down the line We've got, we're spoilt for choice And people have moved on beyond food And now on every street there's 2 or 3 dessert places That were unheard of 30 years ago there was no dessert place 30 years ago. I'm not saying that's a good thing. right? It's overindulgence, I personally think. But what I'm saying is that when you make an effort, and I've seen countries where they started giving further, it's okay, it's a Christian country, you can just eat. And the problem with this was, that if it's a Christian country, that doesn't mean they're doing it properly according to Christianity. Just because people tend to be Christian. Just like if there's a Muslim who's not slaughtering properly, you're not going to say that's halal, are you? If a Muslim, he's not slaughtering according to the Islamic way of slaughter, you're not going to say that's halal, so why would you say all Christian meat is halal just because they're Christian, where you don't even say that for Muslims? So these are a few things that we need to uh, be concerned about. Now, towards the end of this surah, because the second half is Surah Al-A'raf then, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a number of uh, characteristics. Firstly, let's take the verse 162. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa nusuki wa wa mamati lillahi rabbil alamin." Say that my salat, my uh, prayer, and my sacrifice, and my entire living and my dying is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now that's a very, I mean you must have heard this verse before, it's a very prominent verse And what it's trying to say, what it is saying rather, is that if the Prophet ﷺ is being told to declare that That look, my prayer, and that must be for Allah anyway If I'm going to pray, why should I pray to anybody else? That should be for Allah But my sacrifice, every sacrifice I make is also for Allah Now sometimes I could make a sacrifice for my own selfish gains But he's saying no, that must be for Allah as well, your, your objective must be Allah wa mahyaya wa mamati then it carries on it says in fact my whole life my whole living and my dying should be for Allah which means that if i live anything in this world it's all for the sake of Allah and the idea of this is that every aspect of our life needs to be for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now let me just give you one simple example about this you know we have to relieve ourselves we have to go to the toilets the bathroom as they say right? We have to go to it and relieve ourselves Now that's something we have to do you're, 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 You know you've got a problem with your stomach You're dying to go You're gonna just go and do what you have to do It's a human need right What's sharia about this What is there of sunnah in this Even this Can be done With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in mind And you'll be rewarded for the whole process How When you're going in inni a'udhu bika min al wal walhab. You're seeking refuge in Allah from all evil and dirt and so on. Thereafter that, you sit in the correct way, as the Prophet has been understood from the Prophet. You relieve yourself. You make sure you don't get you guys are listening, right? You make sure you don't like just go in there, pull your pants down, and then essentially just stand up and do what you have to do, let it splash everywhere and then put it back up you know this is unfortunately what a lot of young children they do right because it's just easier to do that and we've got many children here that's why i'm mentioning this right but you you sit down you do it in a in a way that's better and there's lots of research that shows that especially when you squat and you sit properly it actually allows you to empty much better then when you sit on a high pan, I mean, I'm not saying sitting on a high pan. Normal toilets is anything haram about that? It's fine. But from a health perspective, and you can check online, there's numerous uh, discussions and research about this. That when you actually sit in the sunnah way, which is squatting, right? Then it's just uh, because of the position of the stomach and the body, it releases much more easy You have to. There's less stress in that. And now, mashallah, if you don't have one of those low-pan toilets, generally it's the masjids which have them, it's very difficult to get them in the houses all the time. What you can buy is a squatty potty online. And essentially, you just keep that there. It's like a little stool. And you just, it just helps you raise your hand. It's much easier to empty your stomach. It's healthier, they say. Right? I know some of the children are finding that amusing. Right? Then anyway, when you sit and you relieve yourself, you make sure you don't get splashes anywhere. As we know that uh, the Prophet mentioned that people were being punished in their grave, not for what people would have thought of as some big matter. It was purely because they were not careful. The person was not careful when they were urinating, or they were, or maybe around their animals, or whatever the case was. That's why you have to be very careful because urine is impure. You don't want it on your on your. And your garments and your clothing Then after that we're told to do istibra So before istinja there's an istibra And istibra means to make sure that you relieve yourself fully So that you don't feel like there's anything that remains Because you don't want to have that turbulence afterwards Then after that you wash yourself and you cleanse yourself Then you come out and you say Ghufranak. Forgiveness for you Forgiveness from you ya Allah Because I wasn't able to remember Allah there I wasn't able to remember Allah and then you say all praises to Allah who... Do you know the dua, Alhamdulillahi ladi? What's the dua after the, the bathroom, after the toilet? Alhamdulillahi lathih 'anni adha wa'athani All praises to Allah who removed the filth from me and the harm from me. Because that's exactly, imagine you can't go. When you're constipated, you have big trouble. So it's a, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That whole process, Subhanallah, is for the sake of Allah Subhanahu ta'ala, You get reward for it. Mundane acts like that, if done according to the Sunnah in the right, the right way, that's what you get the reward for. That. Thereafter, that we start uh, Suratul Araf. Suratul Araf. The big discussion at the beginning is Shaitan and Adam alayhi salam, and then eventually Shaitan becoming the rejected one. So it says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says We created you, then we formed you And then we said to the angels that prostrate to Adam We told that angels prostrate to Adam alayhi salam They all prostrated except Iblis as you know the story Who did not So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him that, What is it that stopped you from prostrating When I told you to prostrate He said I'm better than him You've created me from fire, you've created him from the soil. And fire rises. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had him rejected. Now, this is what shaitan, I mean, you know that story anyway, but this is the verse I want to mention, which is verse 16 and 17. This is what shaitan says, and listen carefully here. He says, (laughs) Because you have caused me to deviate, I'm going to go and sit in the straight path. In your straight path, I'm going to go and sit there, which means I'm going to block people. I'm going to misguide them. Then he says, "Thumalaatiyannhum <laughs> min wa min wa an wa tajidu then I'm going to approach them, I'm going to attack them, I'm going to confront them from in front of them, from behind them, from their right and from their left. And you will not find the majority of them to be thankful. That's another way of saying, you see, kufr means to be ungrateful. And why is kufr called kufr? if we deny Allah who created you, that's the highest form of denial. You know, somebody's giving you, say he did something, You say, no, you didn't do it for me. And it's clear that he did, and you, you say that. That's ungrateful. That's totally ungrateful. So, the highest form of kufr is denial of Allah. But small forms of kufr are basically just not recognizing the credit where it's due. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this very... Majestic way, he says, Laman anna Whoever follows you, I'm gonna fill up the hellfire with them. I'm gonna fill up the hellfire with all of you. That's a place where he gets jalal. Right? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relates the story about paradise. Waya now what's really interesting, you know the story about paradise story, right? This is where we started. And inshallah, that's when we will end up, inshallah, in paradise. What's really interesting here is that when shaitan misled them, this is what Allah says, فَدَلَّهُمَا When they tasted from that tree, Their nakedness was exposed What's the relationship between Sin Wrongdoing And nakedness Clearly exposing yourself to Allah You're clearly exposing the wrong side of yourself To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anyway So they started to grab Take hold of the leaves And to try to cover themselves Because they felt embarrassed And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Didn't I prohibit you from that? And I told you that shaitan is your clear enemy. And immediately, Anfusana, We have oppressed ourselves. That was Adam and Hawa. We do the same thing. You make a mistake, immediately we seek forgiveness. Now, what's happening after that is, there's a whole discussion on libas, and covering, and clothing, and zina, and adornment. So this is what Allah says, يَا بَنِي آدَمَ قَدْ أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمْ لِبَاسًا يُوَارِي سَوْآتِكُمْ وَرِيشًا وَلِبَاسُ التَّقْوَى ذَٰلِكَ خَيْرٌ ذَٰلِكَ مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَذَّكَّرُونَ O children of Adam, we've caused clothing and garments to descend upon you by which you clothe yourself. So Allah has given us clothing. Why do humans wear clothing? Okay, in England, yes, you have to cover yourself up. It's cold. But in hot places, why do they cover there? Why do the people still cover? It's a natural, it's the fitra of human beings to cover. There's a natural inclination, a natural fitra and predisposition that we don't want to expose our private parts and we don't want to see other people's private parts. That's a natural disposition. That's why watching the haram is haram. Because it's against the natural disposition as well and that's been the case for the majority of communities in the world and civilizations in the world that you call civilized yes you have a few tribes in various different countries that don't observe this that have a different way and they uh, they're either fully naked or they at least cover just some basic aspects but can you see how natural that is that we need to cover and people cover and even the laws of many countries they don't allow you to be nude in public even though they're countries of great freedoms and so on right? of course there are some countries which are worse than others right? in England it's not allowed to be bare breasted especially for women but in France and in some other countries it's okay in some cases not everywhere but in some cases and some are just I guess uh, worse than others in that, in that situation the now people take pride in their clothing this is how you know Allah has made us in whatever way right Allah has made us in whatever way now there's only so much you can do to your actual natural body to make it look better so what we do is we wear clothes so clothes don't just cover us but they actually adorn us they make us look better they make us look different they could make us look younger I know this one guy, he's 70 years old, but when you see him, you'll think that he's 50 He comes with a, one of those caps, backwards, that only younger guys would wear Not a 70 year old, but you'd, 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 never, you'd, you'd be surprised what clothing can do for you right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I mean, we, everybody knows what, you know, how much attachment people have to clothes right? People spend crazy amounts on wedding for one day, they'll spend some crazy amounts Even though they're not going to wear, wear that clothing again right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says look وَلِبَاسُ taqwa ذَٰلِكَ خَيْرِ Knowing obsession with clothing Allah says that لِبَاسُ taqwa is the best This doesn't say that you don't wear any other clothing You just do لباس taqwa. التَّقْوَىٰ That'd be wrong It's to try to say that If you want to garb yourself in something Wherever you go Even a greater amount of covering Is through if you have God consciousness Subhanallah You'll get some guys who have a beard They look the part They have Islamic clothing but they've got mischief in their mind. You, know, you get bad people among everybody. This is not to say all people are like that. You'll get some women who are covered, maybe even with a niqab, but they may be flirting. The point is, taqwa is not a cloth on your head, or on your face, or a certain garment. Taqwa is a state of the heart which makes you wear things in a particular way and makes you behave in a particular way. That's why Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is drawing our attention to this, that Taqwa, the libas of taqwa And he's called taqwa a libas Taqwa is considered clothing How is taqwa clothing? You know why? You know, if somebody sees If somebody takes And nowadays you have to be very careful Because people take pictures of people Right? In uh, unreasonable or undignified states Now if somebody takes a picture of somebody that they don't like Many people will have sympathy with the individual that yes, this was an abuse of you. Right? They'll have sympathy. However, if we don't have God consciousness and we end up doing something wrong by by doing a, a bad act because we don't have taqwa, that gets exposed. There's no sympathy there, is there? Because that's something we perpetrated ourselves. That's why Allah is saying, be careful. Your consciousness is a better garment for you overall in everything, in your dignity, in your izza, in your honor, and your standing among people. That is what's going to keep you always be dignified. Allah then says, "O people, uh, O children of Adam, let not the shaitan mislead you. Just as he got your parents out of paradise and had their garments stripped from them, always that connection is mentioned there. It seems." So that their nakedness became exposed Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about uh, The people who who don't believe that shaitan is their close friend and associate And when they do something wrong When they do something wrong They say that this is what we found our forefathers doing This is our system, this is our way of life Say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't command this So let me mention something here They think that when we wear proper garments And the women cover properly like hijab That that's oppressive That that's oppressive They're willing to go and campaign for countries like Afghanistan etc To go and try to take off the hijab Because they're saying that The women don't really want to wear it. Maybe some women don't want to wear it and they're being forced to wear it So they go and make a major campaign because that's what you call human rights, which women should have their rights Problem is I don't see a campaign against France Where they don't allow women to wear hijab in schools and in official positions if it was about a choice many of the women there want to practice that choice But they're not allowed to. But there's no campaign against them. There's not even a hoot. There's not a cry at all. So it's not about... And you see, it's actually not about human rights. It's more about, you need to follow our way. Because our way is superior. So now my question is, why is your way superior? What science makes that way superior? You've got a woman who covers, and you've got one who does not cover fully. Why is this one superior to this one? What science shows that? They both have a choice This one has chosen to do it this way This one has chosen Okay I think That women are forced to dress a certain way in our culture here If you look at any function Let's just look at functions I mean If you take a a walk I mean you don't want to do this in Ramadan Right? And you don't want to do this ever, to be honest. But if you take a walk, the first 10 men you will see and the first 10 women you will see that are not Muslim, just see the way they are dressed. Generally, the men will always be more covered and the women will be less covered. Doesn't matter what their physique is. They, the men never feel a need. In fact, if they went to certain functions, like a party, in shorts, they'd be looked at, they'd probably be thrown out. But if a woman goes there with less on, that's actually encouraged If a man turns up at work With not a suit, or not the dress, but rather with shorts and a t-shirt That is bad You know, you're going to get a discipline But when women come, in fact, sometimes they're actually forced Or they lose their job of wearing high heels and Being as scantily clad as possible why do they have to do that? Why is that way better? Why do women when they walk, they have to show every part of their body? Why? For whom? Obviously it's for someone else, but why? That is because it's a following of a certain style, following of a certain trend. So who's indoctrinated? Just the way they say, so they'll say that the woman who wears hijab, you say that the women who wear hijab, or niqab, they do it with their own choice. No, they don't do it, they do do it with their choice. But it's because they've been indoctrinated to feel that way. To make that choice. That's what some of them say. That's what some people say. That's one of the arguments. That they've been indoctrinated to feel that they must dress that way. So haven't other people been indoctrinated? Because everybody does it. It looks strange to be not like that. To dress as... Even though men... And isn't this discrimination against women? against women actually that they're not you know that they are kind of compelled to dress in a particular way i mean even if you look at these grammy awards or whatever they're called or the the the, what you call the other ones the baftas or whatever the men are always dressed more clothed right than the women they have to come in scanty clothing because that's what is considered to be the style otherwise they're gonna they, they can't play their part it's an indoctrination, right? And we need to try to encourage people to understand this That this is done for the pleasure of other people So there's a number of verses on that Now we move on to the next part There's a huge discourse in, in this surah Between the people of paradise and the people of hellfire And it's an amazing discourse It really is a telling discourse so what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying is that the people of Jannah na'da Ashabul Ashab Ma Waadana Rabbuna Fa The people of paradise, they call out to the people of Hellfire. That we found what our Lord had promised us to be true. Did you also find what your Lord had promised you to be true as well? And they will say, Of course, yes, found it to be true. And then an announcement will be made that there is a curse for all of those who are oppressors. That who used to. So, this is a a description of those people who are going to be in hellfire who were oppressors, those who used to block from the path of Allah, who used to look for crookedness, and they were disbelievers in the hereafter. There's going to be now a hijab and a barrier placed between them. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about some people who are in a halfway place between paradise and hell called the A'raf. He speaks about them. And they call out to the people in paradise saying, Peace be upon you. Um, Anyway, Eventually then there's the discussion About the people of hellfire So the people of hellfire They call out to the people of paradise Because they're suffering They're struggling And they know some of these people in paradise It might even be in a friend or something It says Pour on us Some of the water that you have, some of the water you have, or some of that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided you with. And then they're going to get a response that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this unlawful uh, for the disbelievers. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions who, again, these people are those who used to take their deen to be a plaything, to be not serious, to be a plaything and a jest. And they were were misled And they were deceived by the life of this world Today we make them to be forgotten So we're not going to take care of them Just the way that they had Forgotten our meeting of this day And they used to deny our verses Then it carries on And thereafter The last few sections of this surah And of this chapter Is about the prophets Nuh and salam. And Salih alayhi salam And it's their stories And their uh, challenges with their communities And how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Eventually gave them success And destroyed the wrongdoers And that gives us a lot of inspiration So there you go That's in a nutshell That is what uh, these, uh, this juz is about And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Give us the tawfiq to benefit from this And to uh, improve our lives In accordance with the Quran And allow the Quran to be an illuminator for us. Allow the Qur'an to be a dignifier for us. Allow us to be elevated by the Qur'an, dignified by the Qur'an, inspired by the Qur'an, infused with its blessings to to live by the Qur'an and then to be gaining closeness through the Qur'an. Uh, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this Ramadan better than any Ramadan before it. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to gain closeness to Him and keep us close even after the month of Ramadan with taqwa wa akhirud da'wana and hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Bi ya arhamar rahimeen.
1: Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially for example the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam And you'll feel a lot more confident You don't have to leave lectures behind You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures But you need to have this more sustained study as well Jazakallah khairan assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh